Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Check out my new hair comb. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy to News Radio, I'm your TV guy, Brett White, and I'm also reporter, producer for Decider.com. Welcome to episode 107. This is, hey, this is night four in a row of me recording episodes for you, the listeners. After taking four months off, I'm just going ham. Um, so you're welcome. <laughs> this week, I am joined once again by uh, Hall of Famer Ethan K. <laughs> Hi. Ethan K. Hi. <laughs> What's up? Hey, how you doing, Brett? It's so good to see you. Oh, we're we're, we're actually chatting through Zoom, so I can see you. Yeah. Anyone anyone else listening to this podcast will just hear you. They can't check but- out my new hair comb. I can check out your haircut. You did it yourself. God, yeah, I did, and it turned out fine. Uh, I, I actually got my haircut uh, last week for the. I drove to the the uh, the barber in my new town, uh, and uh, it was very. It was a nice experience. The very Italian barber. They kept talking about the old country and oh, how. Wow. And uh, like different traffic laws, because I guess one guy had a problem parking in front of a bank or something. Traffic laws in America, not in the old country. (laughs) Well, how how much better they were in the old country. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to. So, okay, when is this episode going up? So, okay, twenty first was Alf. Twenty eighth is Barney Miller. The fifth is uh, what did I just? What did I talk about last night, Ethan? Was it Alf? Keeping up appearances. So the twelfth. So this is coming out on May twelfth. So, listeners, on Saturday, I am getting a real haircut. <laughs> the 15th, I've made that fucking appointment. <sighs> oh, I booked that like a month ago. As soon as we like realized, oh, we are getting the shots, it is happening. I think I came home from the first one on April 16th and was like, May 15th. So we had a dinner reservation booked a day, the next day, the day after. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what was the last time you were on the show during before the end time was it heart to heart it was heart to heart and i remember it very well because uh, it was back in my old apartment and we had a storm so bad that water was coming in through the vents <laughs> it was coming in through the light fixtures it was coming in through the wall it was coming in th- under the stairs and you know what we did we moved yeah if your tin roof wasn't rusted before Definitely was. We, we haven't gotten our security deposit back, but then again, oh, I haven't yeah. really pursued it. Yeah, I mean, just like it's, it's New York City, you gotta take the loss sometimes. Just be like, you know what? I'm getting out. Fuck them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I, I can eat. Yeah, 
because yeah things are but um i so and also listeners if you want me to do more heart to heart uh you can let me know but also too bad i'm gonna do it either way (laughs) (laughs) if, if listeners would have dialogue with me then like I wouldn't sound like such a dictator, I guess, but it is my podcast. Um, hey, I would I would do 10 heart to hearts back to back rather than watch another episode of Leave it to Beaver. Wow, <laughs> that is because that is a 10 hour commitment versus a half hour commitment. If we get together in real life and you actually want to do that, we'll marathon this. I don't care. I would do a, like a live like a twitch of like live reactions <laughs> of to heart to heart. The 10 wildest episodes. Um, yeah. I've also started watching because uh, Paramount Plus has The Love Boat. Oh, and I, I think know that, that is a that's a worthy matters. that's a worthy um, successor. I think that could be my 2021 heart to heart. I know Jerry Mathers, who played the beaver in Leave it to Beaver, played the beaver <laughs> on The Love Boat. Of co- yeah, I mean, well, the episode that was coming on right before this had... <laughs> Richard Deacon, who's in this episode, Rosemary, oh, yeah. Maury Amsterdam, and Jerry Van Dyke. So it's a Dick Van Dyke show reunion on the Love Boat. And I was like, pause. I actually <laughs> have to pay attention to this one. This was a big deal. So maybe I'll do, I could do some Love Boat episodes. I don't know. One um, of the things I love about Love Boat is, is Ted Lange. Yeah. Uh, Isaac, your bartender, because he actually kind of got involved with the uh, the Shakespeare authorship movement that, that I'm part of. Wait, is he uh, still alive? Oh yeah, yeah. He does. He does okay. a ton of. He does a ton of work. He actually wrote uh, a a semi sequel to Othello, and they Good. performed it at the. Um, uh, I forget the the, the, the Shakespeare Oxford Fellowship does a, I mean, a thing every year. That's a serious like pitch. The Love Boats, Ted Lay. He also if, if and then and now does we're his sequel to, to Othello, Beaver, but he also was, I believe, the first. He, the first black man to play Othello on film. Oh, wow. And that was then that, that film was actually shown anywhere. And he did it as a kind of like a community theater production. And but before then, it had just been like Laurence Olivier in blackface. Yeah. And it's a lot of white actors in blackface. And, <laughs> and for some reason, this was the first time. Oh. And they they did they it wasn't shown in like in big theaters or anything like this, but it was he was the the first actor to uh, play Othello, good. first black actor to play Othello. Good, good. Yeah, Ted Love the, Boat. The things you learn. Yeah, and but I we're mean, talking about Leave It to Beaver. Yeah, Leave it uh, to Beaver. <laughs> well, you know what? This week uh, we'll be traveling to May twenty first, nineteen fifty nine. Imi- we have to. Yeah, Imitation God, of Life so rolled the box office. Kansas City by Wilbert Harrison topped the charts and. ABC aired the Leave it to Beaver episode, Wally's Hair Comb. Ethan, you must have seen Wally's Hair Comb before today. I had not. I'd also <laughs> never seen Leave it to Beaver, which yeah. is you know, wow. an interesting thing. Uh, I feel like uh, Leave it to Beaver is like the archetypal uh, 50s sitcom. Yes. Uh, well, so like there's, I think I talked about this when we did, when I did Father Knows Best uh, last year, because that's also just like... Mm-hmm. Where are the jokes? What is happening? <laughs> you know? I would say uh, the same thing about the Donna Reed show. Yeah, like there's that kind. And I, I think I said on that episode that like, I Love Lucy was so good and so funny and so unique that people of the 50s wisely were like, you know what? We actually can't even imitate it. <laughs> yeah. Like, so they just decided <laughs> to do these air quote sitcoms that had like air quote jokes in them which is like father knows best and donna reed and leave it 
Beaver. And um, well, the Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet, the episode we did of that was there was no moral, no lesson. And it was just goofy as hell. And it was enjoyable. So I remember watching the Danny Thomas show and also thinking that it was not funny. Yeah. And then they kind of colored Danny my Thomas. impression of Danny Thomas because I, I just remember him being like people saying like, oh, he was like a comedian. He was a stand up. He did all that stuff back then. But really, like from what I gather from that one episode I saw, I was just like, oh, he's just a he's basically Hugh Beaumont and leave it to Beaver. He's yeah. I, I, nothing special. No great shakes. Yeah, it's it's uh, the 50s are weird, which is why, like, I, I save my 1950s episodes for people that are up for the torture. <laughs> you know what? I'm up for, I'm I mean, up for see, it. that's the thing. It's like, I don't want to shade like any listeners that are actually super into 1950s sitcoms, like taste are valid, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, uh, I feel like you can tell how dedicated a fandom is by how intense the Wikipedia page is. Not like a fan wiki, but like the top wiki. level wiki. Cause like, Every episode, so like every season has a Wikipedia page and it actually says like there's a paragraph called like, like the Beaververse or something. And it just <laughs> talks about the continuity changes and like um, significant events that happen in the season. And then there's all this information about like characters that go here, go there when they move, who graduates. And it's like people cared. People probably, maybe still care. And then I think there's reasons for people to care about Leave It to Beaver. It lasted six seasons, 234 episodes. Yeah, it's back which when. Well, unbelievable. Like, that's that's a huge chunk of change. Yeah. I mean, well, so, yeah, uh, let's let's reveal this. Um, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we're talking about the Leave It to Beaver episode while his hair comb. It is the drum roll, please. 34th. <laughs> episode of season two of season two 34th episode that means it's probably like the 60 like the 70th episode of the show which would normally take you being season four on a normal also, i mean f- interesting bit of trivia season two is on a different network yeah it's is jumped it? to abc because cbs was on and it was like uh it didn't, it didn't advertising because well. they could do it cheaper like or they would get paid more for well it wasn't doing yeah. well it, it started um, out it, it never yeah. did well uh, and this episode was written by George Tibbles, Joe Connolly, and Bob Mosher, and directed by Norman Tokar. Uh, here's how Peacock describes the episode. Wally comes home with a faddish, greasy hairdo. Ethan, how accurate is that description? 100%. A <laughs> 1,000%. So yes. I, I wanted to bring up, so um, I was like, Joe Connolly and Bob Mosher, those names sound familiar. And that's because they are the Munsters. Oh, they are the people that that did the monsters. See, I the one that that, that stuck stood out for me was Norm um, Norm Tokar. What did he do? Uh, he did a lot of Disney things. Oh, uh, he did Horse in the Gray Flannel Suit, uh, The Boatniks, Snowball Express, Apple Dumpling Gang. He directed all those. Uh, co-producer uh, directed. Yes, directed. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So like they were brought on. They didn't create the monsters, but like I think they were brought on to checking right like a ton of the episodes because both the monsters episodes that we've done on this podcast have been written by them. Yeah, they wrote a lot, which explain to me explains why the monsters is inferior to the Adams family because (laughs) the monsters has leave it to beaver running through its veins. So like it's not funny. It is sweet and cute and like you know, but like. 
I will say the same thing about Norm Tokar. The movies that he did for Disney were not the biggest one. Like I think the biggest one he he did probably was Happiest Millionaire. I mean, with that with Fred McMurray and you can Leslie stream all these on Disney Plus. Well, some of them. Uh, well, actually, you can't, you can't, horse, you can't uh, stream, great flannel shrink or whatever. You can't. You can't, and you can't stream Happiest Millionaire. At least last time I checked, because I've always wanted to see it. Like it's. It's it's the one that they they tried to recapture the magic of Mary Poppins. I had the Sherman Brothers score mm. and it did not it did not succeed. It did not. It, it wasn't necessarily a flop, but it was not the best. thing. I guess they forgot and, to include the spoonful of sugar to help that oh, movie go down. Um, and it was also the last one that, that, that Disney did before he died. So, yeah, I did not grow up watching Leave it to Beaver because it wasn't a Nicket night sitcom when i was watching nick at night it might have been one of the original nick at night sitcoms like in the 80s and then like it had cycled out i don't i remember watching nick at night in the 80s and i don't remember leave it to beaver i remember i did yeah i remember donna reed show being on i know that was Mm -hmm. definitely on um well like and back then the later you would stay up on a weeknight or weekend the older the shows would get and so like when it's like midnight you're getting alfred hitchcock presents (laughs) Like, I remember that happening. Um, so do I you want to say something? You yeah. know, you did say that there are people who really do like Leave It to Beaver, and I can understand why. The reason, the issue that I that I took with it, there was the content issue that that I know that you that you have with it, I'm and I screaming. It's <laughs> just fine. Like that is its own thing for me. Just on a technical level, it it just relied on the laugh track to punctuate everything yeah it was just like oh that's what that moment is that moment is funny okay cool and other other lines that i think that if they were done today if they were played the same way they might get a laugh but they didn't they were so earnest and honest back then that they didn't get a laugh did i i feel like there was oh i laughed at one point or i chuckled at one point which will make sense um there was one point where the laugh tracks i just heard the laugh track go <laughs> it was like, like it, it, it was like you'd hear like the laugh track in the back, and I guess maybe someone near the boom mic just went. <laughs> Fuck kids. Um. <clears throat> so, um, the episode opens with the theme song, which is, I mean, it's an iconic theme song. Yeah, I think I knew what it was before. Yeah. Uh, even though I've never really watched the show, I have watched. Since it's now on Peacock, I have watched a couple episodes. Um, the parents are at the bottom of the stairs. They're greeting Wally and the Beave as they like come down, and they're get, which is also the monsters opening. Uh, <laughs> wow, that just hit me. Um, and it is so weird <laughs> that like, and Jerry Mathers as the Beaver. <laughs> like it's so. That was the most out there thing of the entire episode yeah, it's like, but it was just kind of you have a character named the beaver yeah and he's a child and he's also not the star typically that would be like a morning dj's name yeah well wally and the beave wally and the beave 106.7 wally and the beave in the morning playing all the great hits and the great tunes for the great people of san demas we've got everything from collective soul to counting crows <laughs> going C to C. Oh God, yeah, only C bands. CNC Music Factory, Chumbawamba, <laughs> Cheryl Crow, Crow. Okay, so the episode opens with June is the archetypal fifties housewife. You know, she's rocking the nice dress. She is done up. Uh, she's doing the wash. 
uh, Ward. Ward is the dad's name, right? Ward and Ward, June. Ward, yeah. yeah, Ward. So Cleaver like Ward comes in and Beaumont. and uh, basically they're like they're she's just a flummoxed because Wally put his jeans in the wash. Yeah, I got the impression that despite the the show having a lot of scenes set in bathrooms, Wally didn't like to bathe or clean things. Yeah, <laughs> it He's seems like I mean, it seems like his new haircut is specifically designed for like I don't have to wash it. <laughs> <laughs> which is like oh god so and uh ward asks like where the kids are and she's like oh well wally's out getting a haircut and he's like what a haircut when we didn't ask him to like i know <laughs> well it was it was not that we asked him to it was we didn't tell him to tell him to yeah which which, which got to me because that was like oh mom and dad tell me when to eat when to sleep when to bathe when to go do yep. this and this kid's in middle school he's 13 so he he's is 13. like eighth grade yeah uh that's yeah. A, that's saying a lot too about the time when i was 13 i was not allowed to walk somewhere to get a haircut by myself yeah well and <laughs> god well like you know them being like when we tell him to just hold on this is a lot of parents having to tell their kids shit that okay whatever he's a 13 year old um, he's a teenager they rebel uh and so like beef is so the beef the beef i call him the beef t beef um well his name is theodore isn't it yeah they yeah. call him theodore. they call him theodore at least at one point yeah. but most of the time they call him beaver yeah so he is memorizing a paul revere poem yes he's memorizing a stanza which for school which he keeps calling a hunk which i as i like that i didn't i didn't mind it it's not a joke <laughs> <laughs> and, and, to be clear it's, yeah it's 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 writing it came yeah. out of a scriptwriter's head well and... i mean it's a cute bit of character business yeah. um because like does anyone in this episode besides the beaver have a per and fred the neighbor have a personality i think he i think the dad had a bit of a personality i think his personality was I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let things happen. Let yeah. the, let the they, fall as they may. You know what? Everyone had like everyone has gentle personalities where the beaver has like I'm memorizing hunks. Like <laughs> which is I thought he was the blandest of them all. I thought they just <laughs> they, they just they, they gave him lines and he did the lines and I was like, okay. Well I guess well, to be fair, I'm commending the writing of the character and not, I guess, uh him <laughs> as an actor, as a five-year-old actor um, oh i want to i want to respect this so much because well, it's got that pedigree and this is like jerry mather's big thing and like it was Hugh Mama's mean, big thing. It was tony dow's big thing it was like oh is their big thing well i will say like okay so like if you like 50 sitcoms this is the tea this is what you want you know you're good it's, it's uh different different floats for different boats <laughs> whatever <laughs> boats your float um and it's yeah this so, is an era where white men would play Othello. Yes, that mm. that is the vibe. Mm -hmm. um, he says that he's only reciting his part because he doesn't want to like get spoiled. Basically, he's like, no spoilers for Paul Revere's <laughs> ride, which is fine. Spoilers, America won. America won, did we? Um, and then they say that uh, some some kook named Lumpy Rutherford is coming over for dinner. <laughs> Which is not a threat, honestly. But <laughs> Lumpy Rutherford, one of the great names in in sitcom history, because he does show up again. He's he's a regular on the yeah, show. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, his name is Clarence. He's the neighbors. He's Richard Deacon's character, Fred's son. Um, Lumpy. <laughs> and we and learn why his name is Lumpy later on. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I also noted that he is only 17 years old. Because when there's a later scene where he has chest hair poking out of his shirt, and I was like, <laughs> and I wondered if it was like Happy Days where I found out that like a 40 year old man was playing a 18 year old greaser, and so I looked it up, and I was like, oh no, he was a teen. I mean, he's four years older than Larry is supposed to be, so I guess that's why it is weird. He is playing an eighth grader. Okay, whatever. That's that's the way they did it back then. Yeah. Like you see all those movies, like you know, we're teenagers. Teenagers from outer space and everyone's like 35, 40. <laughs> like no one cared. So it's at this point that uh, June comes in aghast. She's scandalized. She's traumatized. She is shook to her core. In her own damn house. In her own damn house. She cannot describe it. She cannot. And I, I, I find it hard to describe myself if, <laughs> to, if yeah, I wasn't like, being asked to. To be fair. I found it painful to look at <laughs> Wally's hair. Wally. So like Ward is like, I don't, what do you like? It can't be that bad. What are you talking about? Like, what is, what do they, what do they do to his hair? He comes in. He comes in with a haircut that is described by the principal later as the jelly roll. Yes. And I did research. Oh God. The jelly roll is a thing. It's very much a like rockabilly 1950s, like greaser kind of. <sighs> It is, so, like, you comb it up on the back, and you comb it up on the sides, and you, like, curve it over to where it, like, forms. He looks kind of like Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> like, he looks kind of like Gary Oldman. It, it looked like, you know, you, do you know those those wreath breads? Yeah. That, you, that are made, like, for holidays. That it's, it's done in the shape of a wreath, and it's got, it's you know, it's braided. Yeah. It, it looks like one of those is just on his head, and it's jet black. Yeah. Well, and it's also like it also looks very flock of seagulls. Did I already say that? Like, it no, looks, you didn't. Yeah, it looks very flock of seagulls to me. But that's it, so funny that you said that, because later, I think beavers when beaver tries to replicate it, that looks like flock of seagulls. So we're spoiling the whole episode. No, but like, for let's, you. Let's, so I want to talk about to give listeners more. Who did the beaver look like to you besides that? He looked like Eddie Munster. He looked like Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine has a jelly roll. That is what that that is an artistic. So I did I googled and I was like Wolverine jelly roll. First of all, there's a like a jazz or blues musician named Jelly Roll who has a song called Wolverine. So like that fucks up the jelly Google. roll Morton. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, but like, so I found a comics historian website where they actually try to figure out what the fuck is up with Wolverine's weird ass hair, and they like. Trace it all the way back to like so Dave Cockrum was using that hairstyle like eight years before he created Wolverine or no well before he created the face of Wolverine um, and Steve Ditko was also giving hit characters that hairstyle uh, and then Wally Wood was also giving characters that hairstyle in the 60s and then they traced it to like Eddie Munster and then like they then they they actually include that shot of the beef with the hair no and they're way. like they say they're there's no proof, but like their conjecture is more like Eddie Munster was obviously like a riff on the Beave, and so like they like mashed up those kind of things, uh, and then it all like dates back to the Wolfman because the Wolfman also has like yeah. the widow's peak and like the pointy hair and all that. So like the fact that like oh man, but like what what happened? I think it's when his I think it's when Lumpy comes in with the haircut. And I think that's when I write my notes like, holy shit, this is Wolverine's hair. 
<laughs> like it was like this like lightning bolt of like after all these years I finally know what's up. So Wolverine has a jelly I roll. I think he has a jelly <laughs> roll. Or he has what he has what the beaver had, which is not a jelly roll. Well, no, roll. but that's beaver trying to I think they, okay, like if you Google jelly roll, you will see there are multiple types. People are okay. doing all sorts of crazy because it's also like pompadours are apparently jelly rolls well, as well. Like okay, I think it's just like different strains and variations. I think the whole thing is like you're just combing the 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 sides go like up in some way and the the middle goes like that was, the, like, that was the difference. And I think that Beaver's hair, the sides went straight back <laughs> and the, the front went straight out. So that was Flock of Seagulls. That yeah. was up and, and, and out. And I'm doing the hand motions right now. Uh, but I think I thought Wally's was more. He curled well, it. Yes. He curled it. So that's why they had that he, idea of like, the bread. See, yeah. I mean, like he went to a barber. Like he got a professional to do that. Well, he did. You know, he got the roles. Um, yeah. So it's horrible and it's really upsetting to look at. And the way they it's describe greasy. it as like it is greasy, so oil, greasy. And, like it is so greasy. He, like water won't won't fuck with it. Like he's like this thing is conk conk. Like it is set for life. Like like God. Yeah. And also the saxophone that starts going whenever they whenever he yes. talks. <laughs> I wrote the word jazz in big letters. Yeah. <laughs> but also speaking to the time, nineteen fifty nine. Wally comes in from his haircut and he's wearing a suit. He's a 13 year old kid just wearing a suit for fun. Well, yeah. You get the times, he, man. Those were those, <sighs> those were, were the those were the days. But you know what? Do you look? Do you look? Do you? And I ask this as someone who knows that you're very into fashion. Do you look at those those days of wearing suits regularly and said that was fashionable or that was just they were kind of bland? They didn't have a bland. lot of panache. That yes. was well, yeah, that was bland because well, so like there's a uh, the 50s and the 60s are all about conformity. And so like people like gag themselves over the Mad Men look, not understanding that like, yeah, that looks super cool to us now because no one dresses like that. But if you yeah. were in the 60s, everyone looks like on the level of a Harry Crane to a Don Draper in those early seasons. And that's why the shift mid season of mid series of Mad Men where they all start wearing crazy ass patterns. I mean, I think that's why like the late sixties and seventies are just buck wild is because there have been 20 years of this. Like, yeah, repression. well, there was a reason they called it the man in the gray flannel suit because yes. that's what it was. People in business like Hugh Beaumont playing yeah. father. I liked um, Hugh Beaumont, like his casual look at the beginning. He had like a camp collar shirt, I think, and like a nice jacket. It was cool looking. Uh, yeah. But like I have a soft spot. Yeah, I have a soft spot for Hugh Beaumont because he did three mis- movies that were on Mystery Science Theater three thousand: <gasps> Lost oh. Continent, Human Duplicators, and The Mole Men, which is one of my favorites. <laughs> and those are after or before Leave It to Beaver? Uh, I believe they were like during and after. Okay. Although he he spent a lot of I think when he was doing Leave It to Beaver, he was mostly doing Leave It to Beaver. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're doing like a million episodes a year. You're, you it's really like you are. Get like, a summer off yeah. and you're done. And he, he, was, he was one of those like guys that just did a lot of TV. Like he played a lot yeah. of like judges and he played a lot of uh, lawyers and he played a lot of de- a lot of detectives. Detectives was a big thing. Yeah. Um, <sighs> so, and then like that was his thing. And he just he was just did TV and then he did, um, you know, some movies that are easily forgotten. I think his last movie was Moleman. Oh, wow. I could be wrong. So now is where we get like the main conflict of the episode is June. Like Wally like leaves and because his friend Lumpy Rutherford is coming over for dinner. And June is just like, 
we got to tell him to cut that shit out. Cut that shit off. Get that off his head. Like she is embarrassed. She She is is full on full on done. (laughs) Who? What if someone sees him? Yeah, that's the big thing. What if someone sees him coming down the street? What will they think of us? Fuck him. Fuck that. Fuck all that shit. Uh, I hate that makes me so bad. I'll get to it later. Um, uh, But but she won't do it herself. She's like. Ward, you need to tell him to change his hair. You need to do it. You, you, you. And he's like, well, I mean, we have a guest for dinner, so I'm not going to, you know, blow up my son's spot in front of his friend at dinner. I'll drop some hints. His whole thing was just like, boys will be boys. Everyone's got to experiment with something. I I am actually shocked that in the 1950s, the father figure is the, like, um, tender, emotional, like, reasonable kind of like feely feely of the two you boom up yeah like gotta love them so now we're at dinner and it's at this point <laughs> in my notes i wrote oh god the hair is awful i agree with mom <laughs> <laughs> and then okay um, but then like so lumpy's sitting there and then i wrote oh the friend's hair is fine and then all the characters point out that he doesn't have a jelly roll but honestly i thought he did at first but he had a good one no <laughs> I'm looking at my notes and I'm saying I've noticed that that Hugh Beaumont at one point he asked where would Wally get a haircut like that he actually says where (laughs) (laughs) where I was like wow that's that's something but Lumpy's head Lumpy's head is a is a topic of discussion he doesn't have the haircut he has what I thought was actually fairly it was good it was just like a nice like it wasn't a buzz cut. I think so. He was still like showing some individuality. It makes me, and that makes me wonder, like, did Tony Dow, the guy who played Wally, did he use a wig for this? Because it looked like it, uh, a jelly roll haircut, the kind he had was really, really long. It like well, really took some effort to and get that in there. It becomes a plot point later because they're like, it's your hair is too long. It'll get in your eyes when you're on the swim team. It'll come down or whatever. And it'll get in your eyes. I guess they didn't wear swim caps back then. I don't know. Um, yeah, some people don't. But <laughs> dad talks. But so, lumpy. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, lumpy has a lumpy head. Beaver like, I actually <laughs> I don't. He's actually... called out. He's yeah. called out as having a lumpy head. Yeah. I wrote down. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he, how does he actually call him out? Cause I wrote down something that he definitely did not say. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, damn, your, your hair looks slick. No, he didn't say anything yeah. like, um, I was focused more on lumpy and then just kind of like the little play, you know, that the little playfulness that, that Beaver has, which is not funny at all, but it's just kind of like Beaver being like, your head's lumpy and lumpy like, Oh, that's, yeah. that's no fun. Well, this is where, um, Ward has kind of like a Mike Brady moment I wrote down where he's very like, he gets this like sing songy voice where he's talking about like, you know, individuality is like blah, 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 blah. You know, what do you say about the people that, uh, like, like that want that look like, every, like, I don't know. Basically they call whoever he's saying squares. I don't remember this conversation clearly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can only type so fast. When I, know, I'm watching. I, I, I was wa- just watching it and kind of like it, the whole, I, the, the, the note that I wrote about this is dinner scene is dull because ultimately <laughs> that's what it was. It was, it was people trying to get around the fact that one of the characters at the table has a goofy looking haircut in comparison to everybody else, which is, you know, yeah. 
it it doesn't the scene doesn't go anywhere it's just to establish that lumpy has a normal haircut so we can see it later beaver notices that that wally's haircut's kind of weird um Mm. he doesn't say anything he he, he doesn't point it out he doesn't make a big deal out of it he actually thinks it's kind of cool so then the living room uh next uh, lumpy's gone and it's just ward and june and then like june is still (laughs) Oh my God, she's so steamed. She says, Ward hard. She's just like, go tell him to stop. What is wrong? Um, his hair looks like it's his hair's combed like a tango dancer. That's yeah, what she said. Whatever. Uh, and then like, so Ward does the smart thing where he's like, well, you know, when I was his age, I wore dirty corduroys and like crisp, like clean shirts. And then my mom hated it, and she would always wash my corduroys. Little did she know, six months later, the fab was to wear dirty shirts with clean corduroys. And I have to ask, what the actual fuck were fads like back then? Like, those are the... <laughs> like, okay. I mean, someone's, someone's like, "Hey, that guy didn't wash his pants." Hell yeah, I, I, I like that guy. He's pretty cool. I, I'm not going to wash my pants too. You think you can get away with a dirty shirt? Nah, man. It's gotta no, be not clean yet. shirt. Yeah, we're all wearing dirty, dirty pants now. Yeah, now we looking good. It's a weird. I mean, and I guess like, yes, <laughs> no, I honestly do think that every single fad of the last 50 years still is wild and ridiculous. That's but I feel fad. like if the fad is dirty corduroys and clean shirt, I'm like, y'all's y'all's fads were vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> Like what uh, t- today's fads would be, you know, having a TikTok presence <laughs> and then getting know. a movie deal off of it and then being like, yeah. I'm just going to make more TikToks and get millions of dollars. Mm. Uh, but now they're up in the bedroom, their bedroom, which is huge because like, I thought it was the bathroom at first. But then I realized, no, it keeps going. And there are two beds over there because the, they're at like a big like vanity area yeah. in the bedroom. But that's the, one of the neat things about Leave it to Beaver was a lot of scenes were set in the their shared bathroom hmm. and it was the first show i believe i've, I've read it a couple places that showed a toilet it didn't show the bowl but it showed the the tank oh well i mean they're beating brady bunch in that regard brady Same bunch was a, a filthy immoral show and <laughs> leave it to beaver was holy and blameless so this is where i noted because wally's in there doing his hair and i think the act of watching him do it is where i wrote wally's doing his wolverine hair and i was like oh my god <laughs> beave is confused he's trying to figure it out and then wally's explanation is it's supposed to dry out and then get hard <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, I'm sure at the time that was that was one of the things. I don't know. I, I will fully admit I do not know how hair was processed in the 1950s. It's not my area of expertise. I, I, sure, I should have had a barber be, on for this. Sure. Your hair could be crunchy like one of those bird's nests at a Chinese restaurant. That's fine. Like, that's what it looked like. That's what it felt like. It looked like a nest and it looked, just looked crispy. It, the whole yeah. thing just the dad- he's got to sleep in that. Ward comes in. Well, even like Beaver says, oh, it's supposed to dry like cement. And it's like, yeah, I think like, yeah, the dad comes in and he's standing over him and he's just like staring at it. He's hypnotized by this because he remembers his spent youth. Yeah. Oh, wow. You think he's seeing his dirty corduroys in that hair? Oh, my God. Yeah, of course. He's dancing around in his follicles. Yeah. Imagine what this was like. You know, you, you could have played this scene at literally any decade. And dad remembers his. Okay, Mr. Ed. Remember mm. when we did that Mr. Ed episode the with beach the beachcomber? 
Exactly. The beatniks on the beach and uh, um, Wilbur's boss is talking to his wife and he's like, man, remember when we were kids? And she's <laughs> like, yeah, we used to do this and that. We used to be cool like and stuff like that. And this is exactly what's happening um, virtually the same time period, maybe a little bit earlier with uh, yeah. Ward and and Wally. What is mine? I'm, what is your thing? I'm, well, I'm trying to think of like what would be my dirty corduroys or my uh, jelly roll, which I guess would be a fad thing that I did that I don't do now, but I still look back fondly at. I think that like, I don't I, you know, I was in high school in the in the late 90s. So what I remember was the 60s were really big back then like mid to late 90s there was a whole bunch of there was woodstock 94 when they um, woodstock 99 were which was that, that ended the woodstock <laughs> um but there was like there was a whole like blast from the past like people remember that oh, stuff yeah. i remember like talking to friends about like frank zappa and arlo guthrie and like country joe and a lot of people got into the grateful dead and and the fashions went back to bell bottoms and tie dye. Yeah. Like my mid nineties. I, I, I think that my favorite aesthetic is uh, the nineties is seventies nostalgia. <laughs> like the nineties is like well, Nick at Night basically like that Nick at Night aesthetic of they would do they would take like ads and footage of that era and present it in a. They would push it through like a 90s uh, cynical Gen X filter, but it still comes out looking like it. Like like Nick and Knight would make all this like tiki looking stuff, but it would be like a person with yeah. like a TV head and like things like that. And I really like that mixing of 90s ironic advertisement with a genuine appreciation for that aesthetic. Yeah. So I guess my jelly roll is Nick at Night, and that's why I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's at this point that I also noted that Beaver himself has fucking lopsided bangs and the parents aren't doing shit to save the beef. Because they, they don't care about him. They don't he's care not, about He's him. not the crisis. Today's crisis is Wally's hair. Yes. This um, fucking bird's nest. Oh, well, this is all. Uh, this is. There's been a running joke where uh, the beef, because his like minuscule beat plot is this Paul Revere thing, and he's he keeps saying middle aged in his thing, and Ward has to keep being like it's middle sex, it's a it's a city in Boston or whatever, and I kept waiting because I mean this just shows like the mind of the gutter of sitcoms from the seventies on. If you say it's not middle aged, just middle sex, there's gonna be a sex joke. Like, I was expecting the Beave to be like, Dad, I don't want to have that talk right now. And it's like, no, well, no, Beave, it's a city. And or or Brett, like June to like cut her eyes. Or, but it's like, no, this is. This is Brett, the in, in, in your head. You've just now written a funnier episode than Wally's <laughs> hair comb. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The whole thing about the I was I, I was entertained by the whole ride at midnight ride of Paul Revere or there's whatever, whatever poem they're doing. I don't know yeah. if that was it. Give a shit um, about Paul Revere. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> just kidding. I'd say that's neither here nor there. It's, it's, it's this surprise. This, this podcast is the anti Paul Revere podcast. It's, it's taken it's 107 the, episodes to out it. <laughs> uh, it's the B plot. The B plot is that's generous. Beaver has yeah. to, it, it's a, it's a boring yeah. as hell. B plot. <laughs> But this whole thing about Beaver has to recite this poem at school and it pops up 
every time Beaver's on the screen, mm-hmm. so he's got to mention something about it. Either he has to recite part of it. He's practicing. He's done it. He's blah, blah, blah. He's so doing it again. At the, Right before bed is when Ward is like, hey, I know you want to go out for the swim team. Uh, won't your hair get in your eyes and then you might like hit the pool? Like, you know, won't that be bad? And he's like, well, OK. And dad thinks he's done it. He has. He's solved slick it. as hell. And so the next morning is at breakfast. I did write that. I thought um, Beav, the beaver, it might be the best dressed character in the show in this episode. <laughs> uh, he's wearing like this cool bomber jacket and a cap and then a plaid shirt and then jeans with a cuff. And I'm like, I dress like that some days. <laughs> yeah. So I like some the looks are timeless. <laughs> And then here comes Wally, and he looks like Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> His dipshit hair. God, it's still there. Uh, and he hasn't changed it. Uh, he doesn't. Well, does he say why? Like, he doesn't care about Swim Team all of a sudden. He's like, eh. well, he, he didn't. He didn't. He, the reason that he he um, didn't want to do it. Was he was afraid that when he hit the wall, it would hit his hair mm-hmm. and ruin his hair. And that got to him. And he did not want to ruin his precious hair by accidentally hitting the wall with his head. <laughs> well, these, I mean, are, these are issues that I don't understand. <laughs> I didn't do school sports. He might he might go through, honestly. Like if it dries like <laughs> cement, he might be like hammerhead. Like <laughs> um so June thinks that he looks like a gangster. Uh, the way that they 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 that Hugh Beaumont, I keep calling him Hugh Beaumont. I don't want to call him Ward. I want to call him Hugh Beaumont because that's how I respect him. That's mm-hmm, how much mm-hmm. I respect goddamn Hugh Beaumont. Mm-hmm. He says he says that he looks like a gangster from those live TV shows. <laughs> well, yeah, like you've been watching too many of those live TV shows. And I don't I did not know what what the fuck that meant. Was it news like live well, news? So part or, of me I, wonders. I do know. <laughs> That in the 50s, I do believe that like daytime TV was a lot of like live talk shows and they were basically like a Jerry Springer of their day. Uh, Because I know I know this because I have a history of uh, uh, queer representation on television and like the first chapter is all about 1950s panic news shows in quotes where they would like basically like here's a homosexual (laughs) and then they would have a psychiatrist like tell them that they are you know a pervert on live television and so I'm wondering if he's basically saying like June you're watching too much Jerry Springer he is not gonna go off the handle like he's fine it's just a haircut (laughs) so maybe that's what he means maybe yeah, I, it didn't take a lot for them to get riled. I remember like reading something that where like a, a talk show had like atheists on and it was like, oh, it was a big deal. Yeah. Atheists. Yeah. Oh, Maury. Um, so then work goes <sighs> off to work. Then June gets an idea. She is a narc. She's fucking calling the high school principal on her son's haircut <laughs> more importantly she's calling the high school principal on her own failures as a mother she's like i can't control my son i have to go to a higher authority the principal of the school so the act break at the top of the next act june is in the hallway she's outside the principal's office she's next to the water fountain and she's scoping out all the little boys heads being like your hair good like she's noticing all the crew cuts yep and, yep. and then uh, Lumpy comes up. Tight. Yeah, Lumpy shows up with the haircut. Yeah. His, his interpretation of the haircut, which is the haircut, but 
for I kept thinking that like it had to be some kind of a wig or some kind of like an extension or something because I don't think their hair was long enough. At least Lumpy's hair wasn't long enough to curl up the way that they curled it up. No. I could that's that's my ignorance of hairstyling. Maybe you can do some magic with it, but that was my impression of it. There was this magical hair thing that it oh. and he looked ugly. He looked oh, ugly. Bad. He, yeah. Um, so the principal's office, he's in there and he's like, well, I don't, you know, you want to talk about your son. I've looked up his grades and stuff like he's a good kid. He's doing. And I'm like, that's what principals should be concerned about. Yeah. Academic performance, not looks. And so you know, June is just like, it's his hair. Now, this is where I was trying to decide what side the show was on. If the show was on the side of us, the viewer in thinking June has lost her mind Mm -hmm. (laughs) because like the principal does be like, well, you know, like at least, you know, it's a haircut self. Like he basically takes Ward's stance. Yeah. Um, but still like knowing where the episode goes, it's like, well, the episode ultimately is like June is right. (laughs) I think they're both right. Yeah. If you're, if we're we're talking about this as the whole theme, the principal is right. June is wrong, but the, the show views them both as right. I think I, I think I think Ward's promise is fulfilled. He's going to do what he wants to do, and if he wants to go back to a different way, if he realizes it's not for him, that's that's all well and good. I hope. You know, by the grace of God. And yeah, spoilers: at the end of the the episode, the hair is back to normal. We'll get to that. Yeah. Trust me. Ugh. But the, the principle was was he he towed the line. He didn't say this is what you gotta do. He's like, look. Kids is kids. Everybody here is yeah. doing it. It's not yeah. hurting anybody. It's not like he's jamming himself into a phone booth with 26 other boys. Which that, what? I believe, is a much earlier reference. Is that, that's what, that's another fad? Because that is that was crazy. A, it, it was a big fat fad, I want to say, in the 1930s. Um, wow. 30s and 40s, I think. But I think by the, the 50s, I don't think that was... Well, but that's him speaking to his. That's his dirty corduroys. Exactly. That's his dirty corduroys. His childhood fad is actually wild, <laughs> and not just like thing. we wore dirty clothes. It was a thing that people did. They would cram them to see how many people could cram into a phone booth. Same full as you know, goldfish eating or flagpole sitting. Oh it yeah, it was a goofy, goofy fad. That I. It's at this point when so, this is a macro. Did we used to call hairstyles hair combs? Because June says something about like, oh, I shouldn't worry about Wally's hair comb. Like she says, she says it. And the episode is called Wally's hair comb. And that is weird. It's an it's I'm going to look it up right now. I I suspect it's just probably just outside outdated slang. Yeah. But like, yeah, it is. It's just weird to call a hairstyle a hair comb or a haircut a hair comb. Do they ever say haircut in this? Yeah, they do. But that the haircut is the verb. It's all. It's not the noun. We use haircut yeah. as both a verb and a noun. Her, uh, Merriam-Webster dictionary. Mm. Oh my god, my cats are being bad. <laughs> Merriam-Webster dictionary defines hair comb as a way of combing the hair. Yeah, but what is it also a like? Is there a dated, antiquated use? I mean, it's dated. Mm. It's definitely dated. But it's 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 one of those things where it it just it doesn't refer to anything in specific. It's just it's a synonym for hair comb, a haircut. Yeah. So now we're back at the dinner scene and uh, it's a dinner of the the day's dinner. 
Um, Beaver couldn't remember his hunk. That's the update on the B plot. Um, <laughs> Wally it definitely could, it could it definitely could have not have survived as an A plot. No, died on the vine. Um, Can Beaver re- remember his his line stanza? His hunk. Uh, Wally is at the dinner table, like touching his, just like he's obsessed it, with, like, him. and it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he says like he isn't going to try for swimming because they would make him cut his hair. He doesn't want to do that. Um, and and then we get yet another scene of June freaking out and Ward being like, hey, he's going to grow out of it or like, you know, people experiment with things. Just this is like what the third or fourth time this has happened. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot happens in this episode, but remember, it's about a haircut. And she keeps (laughs) freaking out. And then all of a sudden we get the phone call, which is when we get the legend, the icon, Richard Deacon, Mel Cooley from Dick Van Dyke's show, a legendary gay of sitcom history that I did not get to talk about because I discovered Hayden Rourke and I just dedicated that entire episode to him. And now look at me now. (laughs) I am... (laughs) 30 hours. I'm 39 interviews and 30 hours of audio tape and a thousand newspaper articles into a book. So I want to read this book. Oh God. I want to read this book. Uh, um, but I did. So like when the book was originally going to be a big compendium of like all the gays of sitcom history, the ones you don't know about, I was going to do Richard Deacon and I started researching him second. Uh, Cause I was going to like try to juggle a lot until I realized it's a lot of work just for one, but I did do research on Richard Deacon's family. I did find his uh, his niece and then her kids. So I, I have his family tree. That's stalkery, but I know Richard Deacon's closest living relatives. It's research and it is worthwhile. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, do, it feels weird, but it domain. is. Yeah. It's yeah. out there. I mean, yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, I did find his family, but I um, I didn't contact them or nothing yet. Uh, I don't know if I ever will. Yeah, but you, he plays kind of moving. He plays moving farther away from that. Well, I you can't know, like. There are few, fewer people who probably worked with him and remember him. Yeah, I did ask uh, Joyce Boulafon because she did a couple episodes of Match Game with him, and she never replied to me. <laughs> well, Jerry Mather it was still yeah, around. I did, so I Tony? did. I was, oh yeah, I I did Tony reach out around. to Tony Dow and Jerry Mathers via their Facebook groups. And that didn't happen either. Okay. Facebook is impossible to contact people with, but whatever. So yeah, I, I have tried oh, to yeah. get in touch with two members of this cast that I'm dragging right now. Uh, so Richard Deacon is Fred Rutherford. He's like, I think he's, he's the neighbor, right? Like he's lumpy. Yeah, neighbors. He's a recurring character early on before he goes over to the Dick Van Dyke show. Um, in uh, a season like Dick Van Dyke show starts uh, fall 60. So I be- uh, Richard Deacon came back for the made for TV movie. Oh, that the happened that they, they did in the eighties, but he couldn't come back as a recurring character because he passed away mm. in between the movie and the TV series. Yeah. Um, he was going to be a recurring character because Lumpy came back. And, like most of the characters came back for the, That's good. Oh, what the fuck's it called? The, Isn't it like the, still the beave? Yeah, that's what it was. It's still the beaver. But he, so this is where I uh, this is the only time I laughed is when Richard Deacon calls and it's just him on the phone and he is angry because he's like, my son now has this stupid haircut. And he says, like, I sent him to school a fine strapping boy and now he's a rather ugly girl. 
<laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, I mean, it's also, like, sexist and whatever, and but it's still, like... It's a hard joke. I overthought it. I overthought it because I'm like, why Why does he look like a girl? He just looks like a, a guy with his hair with a bunch of shit in his hair. <laughs> why is that a girl? Like, well, even for the, the hair is long, but then his hair was long enough to do it in the first place. So, exactly. Um, no, one, no one had a problem with it the day before. Yeah. And so now we're at the morning. The next morning. The morning of the magician. And uh, Beaver comes down the stairs first. In his first, in his first big act of rebellion, I don't know because yeah. I've never seen any of the other episodes. But this is straight up, you know. He's this the is, Fonz. You know, he is the Fonzie. He is going to be. This is Blackboard Jungle. Yeah. This is Rebel Without a Cause. This is. Um, he is Wolverine. Fuck. He yes. <laughs> Before there was Wolverine, there was Jerry Mathers. <laughs> He's got the haircut, and it's a Wolverine variant that we've already talked about at length. It's, um, more, it's more, honestly, it's more Flock of Seagulls yeah. than it is Wolverine. I know you want it to be Wolverine so bad. No, it really does. No, but seagulls. yes, but it, the Flock of if it is up on the sides, it is Wolverine. It's Wolverine. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the reason it looks more Flock of Seagulls is because it's just like thin and wispy. <laughs> like he doesn't have a thick. He's not hair suit. If you took the guy from from Flock of Seagulls and dyed his hair black, you would have this haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Make it a little spikier. Put a little more gel. Like not like not hairspray, but definitely gel. So it's spiky and hard. Yeah. Like that's that's what we got. So June has had it like at this point. Klaus Nomi. <laughs> this is the moment she is fucking livid because Wally has been testing her patience. He's been pressing her buttons. He's been rustling her jimmies. Yeah. And you know what? This is it. This is the breaking point. Her darling son, the beaver also, AKA, you know, Theodore, Theodore, or, Theodore Cleaver. Cleaver has come down looking like, a goddamn beatnik. A tango dancing gangster. Tango dancing <laughs> gangster. <laughs> so she storms up there and she just like uh, lays into Wally. She's like, you go cut that hair right now. You get that out. I, you embarrass me. Um, you know, <laughs> you embarrass me and my dad. And so let's I'm like, here's I guess my monologue time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you go no because <laughs> no don't go no, <laughs> no, no i'm not no, going no, i'm just no, waiting just, i'm, I'm gonna no, hear this it's just like so the talk that she has <laughs> with wally will do could very well do incalculable harm to his self-esteem and self-worth and self-expression, especially because the example that she uses to prove her point is, remember when Beaver found my hat? And he's like, yeah, the one with the flowers on it. And she's like, you wanted to walk him to Sunday school? Were you like, how did you feel? And he was like, I was embarrassed. I wanted to walk on the other side of the street. And then she was like, that's how your hair makes us feel. And he's like, oh, and it's just like, okay, the layers here. Like, first of all, if your fucking son wants to wear a hat with a goddamn flower on it, fucking let him. You also should not be embarrassed of your brother or your child. You should be proud of them and back them up. And it is so it just it hits me hard because I talk about this all the fucking time. But I wanted to wear Speedos as a kid. 
<laughs> and my parents would always make fun of them and they would call them men that wore them gay and they would say that it was like sissy whatever and it would and that fucking shit does a number on your brain and so like i uh would always be like oh i want these other swimsuits but i and i spent a lot of fucking time at the water which is why this is a thing um and it it did a fucking number on my brain until I was in my 30s and realized, fuck it, nothing matters. Uh, and the thing is, it's like your family doesn't even know. They're like tiny comments. The time. I mean, like we all. The reason that people are have hang ups about anything they put on their bodies is because they know <laughs> if you're taking a risk, if you're like, I'm trying this color for the first time, I'm trying this style of jacket. Um, if anyone asks you oh what what's that you know you've it's like you're a house of cards and you get blown down and you will never do it again like it is and it's it is stupid like it's just like clothes you put on your body you should be fine with it who cares but it's it is self-expression wally is expressing himself he is like trying to do that and the fact that she's just like blowing his house of cards down and he's never going to be able to build it back up. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a weird facet to this, too, that came that came through in a couple conversations in the show. The principal did it. Um, the dad did it. Hugh Beaumont mm-hmm. and, and Wally did it. And that was everybody is doing this now. Yeah, because the, it when everybody is doing it, it doesn't seem so extreme. The principal pretty much says that he's like, you know, more people have this haircut than don't have this haircut. Yeah. And that's, and someone had to be the first person who's like, I'm going to do my hair like this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to find a role model somewhere that I'm going to do this. And the next person's like, I respect this person enough that I'm going to do it too. Yeah. And then that kept going. And that was how this fad grew. And it was, but in the school, totally accepted. Yeah. Principal wasn't going to comment on it. He's like, unless, unless it's something that, you know, gets out of hand. I'm Unless not he's like dripping it. on people. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, well, it's, it's like, like he's this is the um, being uh, an advocate for honestly, like all the I mean, the older I get, I wear a lot of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't wear crazy stuff. I dress like a man, uh, like a classy. Uh, God, I'm not classy. I like embracing I like embracing a lot of um, traditional uh, masculine clothing that in the last like 30 or 40 years has been relegated to like foppishness or gayness like, you know, um, and so I will get DMs from a lot of men who I do not know. And they will be like, I also want to wear Speedos, but I don't feel confident or like I couldn't pull off a neckerchief or, you know, where do you get jewelry and stuff like that? And I always have to say, like, you have to fake it until you make it. You have to just like mm-hmm. put on the flower hat, beef and just go for it. Get your stupid and then, hair. And then you become the trendsetter. Yeah. And, and the person, the, the, the per, some, sometimes in the 1950s, the, was it the, uh, the nail gets hammered down. Mm-hmm. Is that the, the phrase until it doesn't. Until it's okay, until no one says that yeah. anymore. And that's and then it becomes maybe it becomes the norm or maybe it becomes more acceptable. And you all know, it takes is it. just like letting people is not being a June and getting up in everyone's mm-hmm. business. Like 
yeah. And honestly, like the th- the the thing, I would not be having this visceral response if that flower hat story hadn't been told. And if all of a sudden it was like, remember how ashamed you were of your brother? That's how ashamed we are of you. Don't you want to change because of it? That got to him. And that, that was worked. the thing. He's like, oh my gosh, I was embarrassed of my my brother wearing a hat with a flower on it. Yes. And that that cut me to my core. Yeah. And that, I will change my behavior because I remember. The visceral reaction that I had when my brother wore a hat with a flower, a flower on it to on church. It. Yeah. And now, like, this this means that, like, uh, Ethan, how confident am I, am I wearing Speedos? Uh, if it's on a scale of one to ten, you would be amazing. <laughs> the number amazing? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. 12, 14. I would not wear them in front of my family. No, I get you. Still, like... It would be uh, a weird triggery thing. I would not wear an ascot or a neckerchief in front of my family. Like, that is how deep this shit goes. This episode is really touching on some deep shit that, like, when your kid is excited to try literally anything, unless it is, like, eating intestines of a living person or of a human period... Okay. Like animals, fine, whatever. As long as the animal isn't alive. You know, like, I mean, a lot of us who eat sausage eat yeah, intestines. Well, you know, but, as, doesn't, as this, <laughs> doesn't this mean though that the beaver was the first fashion-forward one in the house? I think beaver is the free spirit. Beaver is the Lisa Simpson in the making. Like he is the one who's going to be like, I am smart. I am setting the trends, but he's going to get all of that squashed out because now, conformity so, is the name of the game. <laughs> the name of the 1950s. Uh, so you've seen more of these episodes. How is beaver characterized is he a free spirit is he a troublemaker is he goody two shoes like you know i so i've watched like the first like three or four have there any holiday i don't know if there are any holiday episodes because i don't know if i've watched any of those um he isn't the main character so like i don't know (laughs) it's like wally (laughs) is the wally is the man i don't know why the show is called leave it to beaver aside from like it's a it has an internal rhyme, so it's, like, fun to say. It's uh, a catchy name. You don't want to say leave it to Wally. But, like, why isn't Wally named the Beaver? I don't know. Then it's just like, yeah, leave. Because, like, the, the, the name, like, leave it to Beaver, like, who would do this? I don't know. Leave it to Beaver to run around with a flower hat. He's not Dennis the Menace. No, he's not. And Dennis the Menace was on at this time. And Dennis the Menace, now he is a menace. He was great. We should do Dennis the Menace. We should. That was a total sitcom. That was such a great show. It's a sitcom. And it was also a 50s sitcom. So we very easily could have done that instead of this. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. No, but like streaming anywhere. Yeah, no, usually it is. It's on like Tubi or some of those. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the episode ends. um, And honestly, it all does tie back to my uh, swimsuit thing because Wally is like, why not? I can be on the swim team. But I was honestly like, how deep is this episode going to read me if Wally's like, I'm now on the swim team, but they gave out all the swim trunks yesterday. So now I have to wear swim briefs. And then everyone's like, oh my God. I was like, is this episode going to like really traumatize <laughs> me or not? That's like, no. God, I'm such a fucking weirdo. Um, You are as God made you, buddy. The, the, the moral of the episode Wally sums it up at the very end when he says hey dad when I do something kind of creepy can you tell me it's kind of creepy that's no 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 that's a that's a judgment call you don't want uh, your dad to think. I will take it under advisement but you that's know the, I will not <laughs> that's the episode no. 
So yeah, I am. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sorry for going on personal tangents here. Uh, And you shouldn't be. Overall, it was a very. It was just like. Sometimes you can you, you kind of like imagine a, an episode like a song like it has like these these moments of just like you know big volume. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> this show was kind of like just someone tapping drums very slowly well, for the was, entire thing, and there was no there was no high there were no high points. Yeah, there was there was no there was no rising action. There was no falling action. It was just kind of like people just talking about now pretty banal shit i do i do see the i do see the appeal because as i was watching i was saying like what in the world what must it have been like to be a writer on this show where this week you're like um wally gets a haircut okay cool like and then you just go with it and you write an episode in like a day i guess there is something comforting to the thought of you come home from a day of work and you just like you you put this on and it is just like an idealized family unit i i will say your problems pale in comparison to a weird haircut (laughs) you know well everything turns out fine the kids are so amenable like wally just has no pushback well no one confronted him about it no one really came to be no one came to june at the end and then at the end he's like dad will you confront me next time but that's what it is If, if someone came at him differently what would his reaction be if someone's like what the hell are you doing to your hair with that stupid bird's nest haircut would he have been like oh you're right or, do you, or would he have stood up and be like no this is the shit i want to do everybody's doing this this is the best thing right yeah. going on right now he wouldn't have done i doubt it but uh, it's yeah that and that's what pisses me off about it too is that his default state is acquiescence yeah and that's not a good thing for a lead character to have. No. it's just um, unless you're like a Doug funny and like you're, you're going along with the flow is a major character flaw and it makes you like susceptible and gullible and like, et cetera, which I this wasn't, Wally it wasn't is. treated as a character flaw. It was treated as an asset. It was tre- treated as a very positive, yeah. positive thank, role model. Thank God. Wally is a lump of clay that could be molded by his parents into the perfect son. Yeah. We're Oddly fine. enough, Tony Dow, the who played Wally, is a uh, an accomplished sculptor now. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> I will say so. Um, the good of this, I do actually think that it is shot beautifully. It is on film, and the sets and all like it is very, very, very like hot. Like I don't know if it's high production values, but compared to. I love Lucy has flimsy sets, like for the first couple seasons. <laughs> like I mean, it's also like six years before this but like these houses like the decoration the wardrobe like it is a beautiful looking show i thought i am i'm kind of surprised you brought that up because i thought the same thing as i was watching it i was like wow they have you know an, an entire china hutch just full of just full of china yeah they have wall sconces they've got you know tons there's tons going on in these rooms i'm like yes it's a set but like this is more decorated than maybe my grandparents' house. This is yeah. this is well done. Oh, and also like I think that that also helps. It conveys that they took this seriously, and so therefore that justifies the fans that love this show to also take it as seriously. Because like, look at this. Like, there's there was there was thought put into maybe everything but the script. <laughs> I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying I like this show. Absolutely I, I think, not. It's great. Not, it's, it's fine. It's, it's not great. It doesn't appeal to my sensibilities but i can easily imagine a whole bunch of people who it does 
Yeah, especially people over 60. Yeah. And I don't, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Well, it's also kind of like, I was thinking about like what the careers of the people after, after Leave it to Beaver. Jerry Mather is well known for doing the celebrity convention circuit. And Love Boat. And, and an episode of Love Boat, yes. Um, and then I, I'm imagining probably Tony Dow does the same thing. Mm-hmm. And if you were a child actor, you have to be noticing that your fan base is yeah. dying off. Yeah. Because, you know, you were, say, 10 years old at the time. You, the, the fans of the time were maybe in their 30s. <clears throat> they weren't. They probably weren't your age. Well, no, I think like kids definitely watch this show. Like I, you know, I'm like, what, uh, five years younger than Candace Cameron Bure. You know, so like <laughs> I do think like if Beaver is 10, then probably like he probably had a lot of like seven, eight year old fans who are like, right. But like anything, things older, like older fans by like give them another 10 years. That's a a dwindling fan base. So you're going to see fewer people at your table at the uh, at the Comic-Con. There he is. Don't go. I just just wish I just wish the the people who who had this early success has have like the best success in whatever they choose to do. If Mm -hmm. it's a next career, I mean, that's fantastic. Tony Dow has become a sculptor of, 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 of note. Uh, He designs buildings. Uh, He does some acting here and there. And uh, Jerry Mathers was in the, uh, the air force. Oh yeah. He he served. Um, And they, he, he does acting here and there, but I, I just remember him a lot from, convention circuit yeah when i was still doing that stuff are you ready for a couple of must-have facts i'd love to I, l- let me let me give them the other facts oh pass them over this way oh Although, also it's really funny that brett is not wearing glasses tonight and i, I am do. yeah because i i can see close up but i can't see far away i need to wear my glasses more often oh i'm sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know how many people watch this episode because it wasn't in the top 30. It wasn't a hit. Like, you know, like I think it becomes a hit or more of a hit as it goes on on CBS uh, or on ABC in its second life. 
I actually read that it never, I, I don't believe it cracked the top 30. Oh, ever. Okay, cool. So no, it was garbage from the beginning to end. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> no, I think like it probably, I mean like 230 episodes or whatever, like makes it a syndication gold mine. And uh, that is definitely where it went. I'm sure because it has in leave it to beaver. If you're our age, even never watching it, you know, all the character names because they're just like, Oh, he's such a ward. They're ward in June or like, look oh, at he's such an Eddie Haskell. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just shorthand. I miss that. I miss that. Um, the ranking for the season. So the top five shows of the 1958 to 59 TV season were number five, the Danny Thomas show. Number four, <laughs> The Rifleman, three, Have Gun Will Travel, two, Wagon Train, and number one, Gunsmoke. What in the world, 1950s TV viewers? This was the golden age of Westerns, and they have completely gone out of favor. I always I always remember back when I was living in Philadelphia, we would go to the West Coast video by our apartment. And we'd here we were, like college kids, we were renting like slasher films and you know frank zappa's 200 motels and like weird whole all the stuff that was on the cult section and the guy behind the counter he was just a nice dude and he had a name tag that had his name and it says my favorite genre is westerns oh and every time i saw that it kind of broke my heart i'm like we just don't do that anymore. He got unforgiven. He got tombstone. And there, there are many, believe me, there are many good reasons why we no longer do Western movies. Um, but just to, to, to harken back to like, that was, that was TV comfort food. That was so that was such a part of like the 1950s, 40s uh, and 50s. I also like knowing nothing about rate. this genre on TV, four of them in the top five. I'm like, how the hell are they different? Like what is different? Well, they're different characters. Was like, like, what is the difference? <laughs> um, I remember, like, when Gunsmoke would come on Nick at Night or TV Land. I think it was TV Land mainly. It would just be like, oh, run, run, change the channel, get out, run. No, 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 no. Like, I yeah. just could not. It's 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 something that is completely lost on modern viewers. How monumental Walt Disney devoted a fifth of Disneyland to westerns. It, I also wonder, like, were they cheap shows to make? Like, they just had all these old movie sets laying around. And it's like, hey, move in, take over. Like, well, yeah, if you th if you think about it, California has it's by the it, a lot of ranches there. Yeah. So you would set up, you know, your ranch, and then Monday you'd have Gunsmoke filming there. Tuesday you'd have Have Gun Will Travel. Thursday you'd have Rifleman, and that was that's you could make a mint, and they weren't. <sighs> You weren't expensive to do. I mean, you had to hire stunt people. Um, a lot of it was done against green screen, too. Well, I don't mean like I think that like, you know, a show, a show like Heart to Heart, which has like ex expensive action scenes and like just like location, location, location. <laughs> yeah. OK, what's going on? Well, yeah, you, 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 I'm sure that like I, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm sure if you watch a whole selection of these, you'll recognize buildings from one from one show to the next yeah god yeah um, it's it, i i don't necessarily mourn the tv western because they were very problematic um yeah i mean i did love f troop as a kid and i haven't done that i've watched it re i have watched it recently um but i have not done it on the podcast yet i do i do feel bad for the people that that was their favorite thing 
and they it just it just dried Sorry. up. Yeah, it just dried up, and that's. I always think back to that guy, that video store clerk, and, and then when to, to make things even worse, they closed that branch and opened up a bigger one, maybe two blocks away, and he didn't go to work there. Mm. So like, wow. Maybe he went to that big ranch. He went to that big ranch in the sky. No, buddy. in California, he just moved <laughs> Up, upstate. You know. Uh, so, you can... <laughs> Leave It to Beaver was part of the ABC Thursday night lineup. Uh, it kicked off the night at seven thirty, so it was like. A little before primetime. Uh, then Zorro, The Real McCoys, uh, The Pat Boone Chevy Showroom, <laughs> and then closing out the night with The Rough Riders. So lots of like rural, like Real McCoys is modern rural. Yeah. Because I've watched, I watched a Halloween episode of that last year. And Zorro, Zorro, Zorro is, is a West period, yeah. Uh, with you know, because of Disney's partnership with ABC, yeah, and then Rough Riders, I'm assuming is, um, and then the Pat Boone Chevy showroom sounds like fun. <laughs> <It> sounds like <laughs> the Boone. show we need to do. Pat Boone still around? Still, hey, still what? Still metal after all these years? What was that? Oh, Does that man. what it was called? In, in a metal mood. In a metal mood. That. Yeah, I remember my my parents being sincerely angry. Oh man. That was a huge, that was a scandal. His it was a scandal, revolted. but like now it's like, that was clearly like a joke, like a meme. It was like a joke meme kind of thing before any of that happened. People took it seriously. The funniest part about it is that if you listen to it, it's, it's metal songs arranged for Pat Boone. So it's yeah. got horns. It's got like everything. It's, it's, it's upbeat. It's not, not terrible. Now Pat Boone, uh, I got a I got a flyer in the mail the other day that that said that if you buy one of our standing bathtubs, that walk-in bathtubs, you get a free Pat Boone CD. Oh my god! Yeah, that's where it is. Um, so <laughs> the reason that I picked this episode, I think, uh, also because the description is bananas. Um, on IMDb, ninety-four users rated this episode an eight point five, <laughs> which I think is the highest of the season two. I lower. I, I can't judge it the same way. I can't. I I can, I can look at this. And I, what am I going to hold it up to? The Office. Yeah, I'm like, you know, like, I, I don't know, like Seinfeld. Like this is, it's it's a, yes, it's a cultural touch point. It was a cultural touch point of 1958. Things were different. We were in Korea. Like it's a different set of criteria. It's a different rubric. I'm not. <laughs> I can't play in this sandbox unless there was something like, for some reason, I'm Dickens, he's Fenster. I don't know. Pressed all my buttons. It worked. It worked great. It, I yeah. thought it was well-written and well-performed. And there are definitely episodes of 1950s TV that I enjoy, that I think are cool, and I enjoy to this day. And then there are just kind of these non-starter shows. And this is for me, that's just what it was. So, but for people who liked it, yes, dude's got funny hair. Give it a 9.8, you know, fine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would give this like a 5.3. I mean, like I, I had, I did have fun watching it for just, I mean, I also like garbage. (laughs) This is not garbage, but I do, I do love like watching things where I'm like, I don't understand what's happening right now. I have no idea where this is. Go- like, I love that. I love that feeling. And so this gave me some of that. 
this was probably like the stepping stone to postmodern sitcoms that would kind of look at these tropes and i mean married with children is yeah yeah and just and flip them around or even just looking at the deliveries and going the opposite direction yeah i will say i was i when i read the description of the episode i was like oh he's gonna have like a beatles hair i mean i know the beatles are later but i'm like he's gonna have like he's i was like he's gonna have a haircut that is going to look totally normal to us now I in the 21st century. And then when this happened, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> this. You look like, oh, my God. Yeah, it does. Like The other thing is like pompadours and like that rockabilly haircut doesn't it. It is of this genre, but that is it done right. Like that is, you know, not for me, but like it doesn't hurt my eyes to look at. And like it can look cool. What is <laughs> happening on Wally's head? And then later Lumpy's head. <laughs> is it's a crime but he should be able to do it if he wants to and ever no one should fucking give him any hassle over it that's true i i would if if you if you got on this zoom and you had that haircut <laughs> you say would, yes I, good job Ethan. Yeah, i wouldn't say i would good not, job yeah go for it anyway but, who no. had the must-see performance in this episode um I'm saying Richard Deacon. I know you were going to say Richard Deacon. I'm going to say Hugh Beaumont. Hugh Beaumont Good. was great. Yeah. Hugh, Hugh Beaumont, <laughs> from, what I, from what I read, and this was just a quick internet thing, that first two seasons, he was on fire. But in between season two and season three, there was a car accident. <gasps> oh, no. His mother-in-law was killed, and his son was really injured. Oh. And at, from then on, it was kind of hit or miss. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. And it really kind of it really shook him to the rest of the series. But he's good. This this was great. I thought he was casual. He was he was engaging. I thought that he did not come down hard on anybody. He was just like, I knew what I was like when I wore dirty corduroy pants <laughs> and, and a nice shirt. So this is this is his dirty corduroys and white shirt. I also think like Barbara Billingsley is a I felt she was a great uh, performer given nothing given just like bad things to do. I would Did you know that she, that she was nanny on the Muppet Babies. <gasps> oh, that's why the name is familiar. Barbara Billingsley. Oh, and she was also I looked this up. She had kind of like a career lull for a while. And then she was uh, an airplane. The she spoke jive. <laughs> oh that wow was, that was her character that was huge it restarted her career she started getting a whole bunch more work nanny and she worked up until like up until she died wow good for she her she lived into her 90s she was very she was very active <sighs> and lastly must other people see this episode <sighs> i will say you must see the haircut at least just to understand <laughs> can you can you just make the 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 the, um, the the image for the show. Yes, the it's going to be on social media. And I'm I mean, like, I'm very tempted to just make it a picture of Richard Deacon on the phone because like I, the haircut is so upsetting to me. <laughs> He's the I'll opposite because he has no he hair. Has no hair. He's like, I'm anti this so much. I, I don't, don't understand these people with oh. hair. My son has hair. What? <laughs> I do feel like a hypocrite being like this hair is disgusting. But again, I would never say it to his face. 
No, because it's it's because it is I've his bad body. haircuts, and you just kind of like, hey, I, you know, yeah. I'm gonna look past that. It's something like June is allowed to have her opinion because she has eyes that can see this is an abomination. But, but she has power. She has control in this family dynamic of 1958, where she has control over her children in a way that maybe parents now wish they had. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So you know, we had we had fun. We exercised some demons. Uh, I, had, I, got, I got another therapy session in this week. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, should I charge your insurance for this uh, one? Yeah, or Cigna. are you out of pocket? Cigna, baby. Um, thank you for it. I mean, thank you for inviting me to do it. I've never seen Leave it to Beaver. My knowledge of 1950s shows. I've never seen Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, my God. Okay. You um, would love that. Jeez. From what I hear. Yeah. No, it is sterling. It is. It is. <laughs> And that starts, like, what, a year after this. Like, it is, that is the context. I mean, when Carl Reiner died and I wrote, like, a quick obit uh, or a quick, like, tribute piece from him at work, it's just, like, people don't understand, like, what Carl Reiner did for the sitcom is he created a show where it was, like, the acting and performance level of, like, the grounded realism of this Leave it to Beaver, but the joke style of I Love Lucy. And it just melds into where you have three-dimensional believable characters who have who say believable dialogue that is naturally funny and they like is so it's just a miracle and the fact that it's crazy and it's because that every not every but in most cases the big splash comes at an opposite direction of what the mainstream is yeah and that happens in music it happens in tv uh it happens in film it that's that's the rule is that you know Nirvana ruined the metal yeah, era, yeah. metal years? Uh, the Beatles, oh no, Elvis ruined big band um, or whatever the fuck. That early, like the early fifties, kind of like uh, very the Pat Boone stuff <laughs> kind before of, his metal uh, years. And the Beatles did the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it just it, there's that you know everyone accepts what they enjoy it's you know you're just sitting down and you're kind of watching leave it to beaver and you're saying oh you know this is this is comforting it's easy and then something like say dick van dyke comes around or sid caesar or yeah. something like that and just kind of just like blows well, yeah. it up and Com- nothing and nothing is the same comparing comparing june cleaver to laura petrie is it is night and day because like Laura Petrie is a fully fledged, like she gets to be neurotic and sexy and funny and sly and like stupid at times. Like she gets to be this wide range of emotions and characteristics in the course of an episode, usually wearing pants. Like but it why is. Do you th- okay. I'm asking you this seriously. Why do you think that she had permission to do that and June Cleaver did not? Like behind the scenes? Oh yeah, is is that because I think it's because Carl be- Reiner wanted to write, like he he wanted wanted to, to write realistic. I mean, because he also, I mean, like that show also had Rose Marie as like a a woman writer. Like Rose Marie was a single woman who, like, she played a single woman who wrote, who had a career. <laughs> she was who was as funny and talented as every man. Like 
It wasn't like she's just, it wasn't like on the Fantastic Four where like the Invisible Woman is there to do the laundry for (laughs) the first couple of years. Stanley. Wonder Woman was the, Wonder Woman, the secretary of the Justice Society. Yeah. Like it's not, it's like, no, like Rosemary is just so like good. And, And I think it's because Carl Reiner had Rosemary, who at that point has 30 years experience or more, uh, and then Mary Taylor Moore, who is just like uh, a once in a, a once in a lifetime star, like just a like, <laughs> I feel like when she walked into whatever audition that was, and it's just like the world shifted, like she's so <laughs> just a beacon. It's but then around them is more leave it to beaver leave it to beaver went on for another oh yeah four seasons yeah well and <laughs> i mean a lot of the other 60 sitcoms are not as funny like i don't think you get the real true yeah. successors of dick van dyke until mary telemore and bob newton like the 70s so like it's a lot later yeah. because the seven the 60s gets into hijinks like you get mr ed you get genie and bewitched and you get like adam's I'm family monsters you get my favorite martian <laughs> yeah okay is that do you <laughs> Does that become more concept shows rather than slice of life shows? Oh, yeah. Then it becomes yeah. like, let's get my, my, kooky. Uh, perfect. Monsters, Adam's Family, My Favorite Martian, Bewitched, I yeah. Dream of Genie, Mr. Red. Gimmick shows get from smart day one. Is also in there as well. Get Smart. Like gimmick shows, whereas you can go back to the 1950s and unless you know the players, Donna Reed, Danny Thomas show, uh, Father Knows Best, Leave It to Beaver, like um, all of those things, Ozzie and Harriet, like all they're the same. They're cut from the same block. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, why are there all these Westerns? Why are there all these shows about the yes. same white, white family in one and, summer? And you, and you know that for all for all the shows that you remember. There's so many shows that you don't remember. Well, there's an we, I'm Dickens, never, he's Finster. There's an I'm Dickens, he's Finster, which lasted like, one. Did it, it well, lasted two seasons, didn't it? It lasted two seasons. And it's or like was it one uh, season in, in two parts. Yeah, the DVD. It was like 30 something episodes. Um, but then but like, there's so many there's so many series that like like the, 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 the guy at West Coast video. Yeah. He knows those Westerns. We would just know them as, you know, it's a Western. Yeah. But they had their own stars. They had their own heroes. They, you know, <sighs> all of those singing cowboys had their own shows. We don't know about them today because yeah. no one, they didn't make an impact. Yeah. And the same with 1950s sitcoms. They didn't make an impact. They didn't. I'm surprised that Leave it to Beaver lasted six seasons, 235 <laughs> episodes while not cracking the top 30. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is the same today, and maybe I'm going off on a rant, but it's the same today. Is that for every office that you know goes out on its own terms and gets memed to death? No, yeah. There are two dozen shows that don't make it. Yeah, and and well, especially now we have too much. We have uh, too. Now we have too much, and now shows are cut off before shows don't go now. Too far. Superstore should have gone for another three seasons, even, but whatever. The the Leave It to Beaver sequel in the eighties lasted over a hundred (laughs) episodes. I'm well, not joking. Yeah, the the Monsters and Adams Family revivals in the 80s and 90s both lasted longer than the originals, only by but like now, an episode or two. But now, if a, if a show doesn't do well, it's off it's off the air. Three episodes, five episodes. Or, yeah, or if it's a successful Netflix show, three ten episode Season. seasons. Yeah, which you know, whatever. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe we sound old. Oh, 100%. I am. <laughs> we are old. Um, that is... <laughs> yeah, we're trying to deconstruct television. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm screaming about I'll leave it to Beaver. So, like, I definitely... <laughs> Uh, I'm, and I'm, and I'm screaming about like there are forgettable shows that we don't know about and probably never will. They won't get Netflix. They won't get, yeah. you know, I don't know. I'm assuming that like the 50 shows we remember, we remember them, even though they like don't, they do not entertain us today because they're just like changing pacing and et cetera. Um, they're probably the best of what was going on back then. Yeah. Except for there are probably some out there shows that just were ahead of their time i think it, i'm dick and c spencer was ahead of its time agreed fully uh, agree all of those yeah and there's always going to be those shows that pop up you're like wait a minute lenny bruce did an episode of this del close did an episode of this and it's yeah. good like, elaine made an episode of that like that stuff pops up mm-hmm. you know but yeah times Hurrah, change um, change where can people find you if they want to talk about 1950s sitcoms and don't talk to me hair about combs? 19, don't Where talk can to people me about uh, text sitcoms. you their photos of their own hair combs after they get them done? Their jelly rolls. Um, Send I jelly have, roll pics too. I have a I have a Twitter presence, uh, but I'm getting back to doing uh, this week in Batman, which is at this week's Batman on Twitter, um, and I'm also on Instagram where I post pictures of my cats. Yes, I think it's yes. they're both at Ethan K. Hooray! And that does it for this episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest Ethan K for dropping by and talking about Leave It to Beaver with me. Next time, I'll be discussing the Gidget episode, Dear Diary at All. <laughs> Dear Diary at All is season one, episode one. We're talking pilot, first episode, Sally Field as Gidget. You can stream it for free on Tubi. <laughs> Uh, until then i want to hear from all of you uh follow must have seen tv on twitter and instagram and you know talk to me i will reply i might not be posting much there but i'm going to try and check the notifications i would love to actually talk to you about literally anything that i have discussed in this episode if you have tried a jelly roll uh don't send me a picture no do uh leave or leave reviews on um itunes because again yeah, those one star those one star reviews those people that just click one star and then leave don't even leave a review don't even write anything out cowards I want my I want the must have hive to rise sounds up sounds like you're a bunch of bunch of Eddie Haskells yeah, that's Eddie what Haskells. I think I want I want my beavers to rise up and uh, write out five star reviews um you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram where I'm much less coherent than this nonsense even. Uh, at, at Brett White. Read the words that I write at Decider.com. Thanks to Acast for hosting this menagerie of goofs. <laughs> Thanks to you for listening. And I will see you next time on Must Have Seen TV, The Chaos Years. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 